Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights, conversations exploring network transformation through interviews with industry experts. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Alex Mew, Director of Networking Software at Astree, and Sim Upadealua, Senior Director of Marketing at Super Micro. Welcome to the program, guys. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Allison. So, Alex, why don't we start with you? Um, why don't you introduce Astri and talk about your role in the networking arena? Okay, thank you. So, Astri is a uh, research organization set up by the Hong Kong government. Our aim is to deliver uh, technology to the market by licensing our R&D deliverables so that our customer can make products. So, um, currently, uh, in my team, I'm uh, the networking software team is focusing on two main aspects. Uh, first of all is the 5G core network uh, that we're going to talk about today. Another topic we are doing is related to smart mobility. And both of them, my role here is to uh, lead the R&D and also uh, helping my uh, customer to do commercialization and also uh, uh, handling and dealing with uh, industry collaborations. Now, Astri has been working with Intel and Supermicro on a project around 5G core. Can you tell us what um, was accomplished by the team and why this is um, a critical step for Astri's um, engagement within uh, delivery of 5G network infrastructure? Sure. It's actually very exciting for us as well because uh, it's certainly a groundbreaking performance uh as a result, having a, a one terabit uh, throughput. Um, we, uh, Astri, has been working with Intel for quite some years, but in the past two or three years, we are more focusing on the uh, enhancing the throughput. In, in first, we deal with the uh, LTE, EPC, uh, the 4G version of the core network, and, and in there, we were able to achieve 200 gigabits per second, uh, and it was demonstrated last year together with the 5G core network. And then this year, uh, we, we demonstrate the, uh, we, with a one terabit per second with a higher, higher CPU configuration, uh, better CPU, uh, uh, and network card enhancement. And during the process, we actually, find out uh, two main things that, that we do. First of all, uh, when we did the software uh, implementation, we realized that uh, we, we need to have a very high uh, per CPU core throughput. So we spent a lot of time in, in utilizing the DBDK, utilizing the CPU features, caches, and so on to deliver a very good performance. And then we hit a, a, a bottleneck of scaling out to number of CPU cores. Uh, we see that in, in both in the software and the hardware perspective. So Intel and S3 can, um, also work together. And, and the end result was that uh, there was a network card feature called DDP, Dynamic, Person, uh, Dynamic Data Personalization, that enables uh, distribution of packets based on the user uh, ID, which is the UEIP, to different CPU cores. That allow us to scale, and this is also doing it in a very uh, efficient manner that it can scale up the performance uh, nicely. And moving towards to, to the one uh, terabit, one of the enhancements that we did is uh, last year it was based on the 25 gig network card, uh, and this year it moved to the uh, the 100 gig uh, network card. 
that still maintain the uh, line state performance in distribution packets. So this delivers a very, very good and amazing performance in terms of us uh, being able to scale out. So, so in in the 5G core, we're also looking at uh, different scales of uh, the performance. As I said, uh, we have been able to do a very high throughput based on this one CPU core. So we're looking at two extreme configurations, one is scaling down for enterprise grade, and we're also looking at scaling up to uh, one terabit kind of scale for different customer needs. You know, obviously this takes um, infrastructure that's going to deliver this type of performance. Sim, what did Supermicro deliver here to um, provide a foundation for what Alex and the Austri team were trying to accomplish? So, yeah, uh, uh, like Alex mentioned, right, it takes the complete solution, which means uh, you know, infrastructure platform as well as the software to deliver the complete solution. And uh, at Supermicro, what we are bringing to the table to the carrier slash service providers is the same thing that we have been doing on the enterprise space for the last 27 years working together with Intel. So the platform that Alex was mentioning that really enabled all this and put this together is our big plan. And it is a four-node in a 2U form factor based on the twin architecture. If you look back, we were the first one, Supermicro was the first one closely working with Intel to bring the twin architecture. And that was that kind of um, caused the hyperconverged environment, right? And what we did was multi-nodes in a single chassis, and that really enables the customers to deploy it in um, data centers as well as in remote locations so that it simplifies the connectivity. The platform that we are talking today, Big Twin, is based on um, the, the Twin Pro Square, the predecessor, that heralded the... Um, hyperconvergence, and a lot of customers have deployed those millions of deployments across the globe, and um, the same technology that we kind of made uh, enterprise successful, we are bringing on to the carrier slash service provider side of the business, where the customers can kind of make use of open standards, and more importantly, longer life cycle, working together with Intel, that way they can make sure that whatever the deployments they're making today can kind of, you know, stretch that um, life cycle longer. And I know that this platform um, is reflective of a very deep collaboration with Intel and the, the use of um, RZN scalable processors and um, select solution uh, configuration. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So with um, our association with Intel has been um, longer than 27 years. We started out our business with Intel coming out as a motherboard design company. And today, we, I can confidently say that we are the most vertically integrated company wherein we design everything in-house and is assembled by our own supermicro badged employees. So that way, the quality and the performance is there. With this particular platform, the big twin is our flagship product. Like I mentioned, it is very hugely successful in the hyperconvergence arena, both um, being deployed as Supermicro um, with the same Supermicro logo, as well as it proudly wears uh, other uh, logos from other established hyperconvergence players. This big twin that we kind of deployed for Astray, the solution, is based on the Intel second-generation Intel Xeon scalable processors, and um, also it has a 
possible uh, capability to um, use the Intel data center persistent uh, opt-in persistent memory modules along with the NVMe. And it has, like Alex mentioned, networking is a huge thing, and it uh, deploys 100 gig. That way, there is no bottleneck whether you're looking at the compute side of it or whether you're looking at the network, uh, networking side of it or you're looking at the storage side of it. So it's one platform that is designed to provide topmost performance on all the three um, scales, compute, network, and storage. Now, Alex, can you tell me how this platform uh, delivered to the expectations that you had in terms of the one terabit 5G core and what this represents in terms of a major step forward um, in delivering for 5G core networks? Okay. So um, we have been working very, very hard on to be a complete solution of the 5G core, not only on the UPF, but also the control plane uh, functions, including AMF, SMF, UDM, and uh, a few others. So um, what is important is we are able to put together a solution that can, that can formulate different kind of deployment scenarios. Uh, for example, we can have the control plane user being separated. We can have the control plane even more distributed, uh, like the uh, user profile being stored on, on one location and the uh, AMF, SMF on another location, and then UP, and the UPF dealing with the edge uh, processing. So we, we have all kinds of different uh, deployment scenarios. And, and that's what works really well in terms of us uh, providing a solution to our customers because um, we are able to attract different uh, customers who want the 5G core uh, for different scenarios. Some of them uh, targeting a, a edge location uh, deployment for the 5G with the telecom operators. Some of them are dealing with a, a private network deployment uh, to support a certain type of applications. Some of them are talking about uh, like MVNO that they can they can uh, use the cloud-based deployment to do to do uh, their scale up or the performance. So so um, and 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 we are able to license our, our software and then and then they 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 can make products very easily by doing so. And the, the one of the most effective uh, through the collaboration for Intel is uh, with the uh, CPU and uh, network card optimizations that we, we have done together. Our customer can directly get access to those uh, latest and greatest uh, performance and the, and the hardware and the software uh, mix so that they can they can have a product uh, right right. Uh, at the why at a very initial time when they do the uh, deployment, so this helped uh, the acceleration of the 5G uh, market, um, and we are also working towards uh, different uh, combination of IoT. For example, having the UPF interfacing with uh, different uh, control plane uh, of different vendors that allows us to to do different configuration at at the network uh, operators. But that doesn't. Uh, that is not the end of the story because uh, by analyzing the 5G deployments, we also realize that the application side is is very important. So we we are looking at. Uh, we have been starting on the smart mobility uh, R and D uh, three years ago. So what is what it's doing is uh, collecting many car information and then it feed to the network through V2X. And then 
and then the the driver uh, will be able to get alert if it uh, he, there is some uh, threat or dangerous situation that he is going to encounter. So that uh, was demonstrated in a very large scale uh, uh, trial site in China, and we're going to do that in Hong Kong. And uh, through the exercise, we we also see the importance of 5G because in uh, when we do the research, we realize that the positioning, the accurate positioning of the objects in in the road, obviously not all the cars, not all the people have the research device. So we need to rely on sensors and positioning method that can detect uh, pedestrians suddenly walking in the street, a bicycle. Uh, uh, a bicycle or car in, in the road so that we can alert the driver who has three brakes. So that requires a lot of uh, sensor information to to carry onto the 5G network. So with the edge computing, uh, all this sensor information, positioning data will get to uh, reach the edge uh, pos- uh, location and then it can detect, detect the threat uh, very easily. For example, uh, the current thing that we are doing is using a video uh, that uh, the video is able to detect the objects, not only detecting objects, but we can get a very accurate GPS location for the objects being identified in the video stream. And then this information goes uh, via 5G, and the algorithm runs on the edge. And then, and then it also correlates to the retracks uh, of the vehicles. And and this result will send back via retracks to the road users, so they can alert very uh, in an instantaneous manner. So that is very complicated because it uses two aspects of 5G. One is high bandwidth because we, we need a, a massive uh, sensor data. The second part is the low latency. So we combine uh, both of them to deliver such uh, application. So that also uh, creates uh, a lot of uh, interest uh, in, in, the, in, in the area, at least in Hong Kong. Um, and we are working with the transport uh, department uh, of the Hong Kong uh, Local Transport Authority to deploy such a system uh, that hopefully will enhance the road safety and traffic efficiency of Hong Kong in, and possibly other places. So this is uh, getting very excited by putting, not only putting a, a core network together, but also putting applications that utilizes different uh, deployment uh, scenarios of of the 5G so that it deliver a something that uh, really demands on 5G demands the 5G capability and also deliver a something that they've helped the Lamu citizens. Obviously this is an amazing collaboration, great results. I'm sure folks are going to want to hear more about what you've accomplished here. And I'm sorry that we didn't have more time to get further into how the collaboration was delivered. So as this um, work continues, um, I'd like to say that we may want to have you back um, to share more in terms of the results. Um, but for now, where can folks go to find out more about the collaboration and uh, Alex, more about Austria and then Sam, more about um, Supermicro Solutions that are aimed at uh, communications networks? Alex, why don't you go ahead and go first? Okay. Uh- um, if if you want to find out more about uh, S3, you can go to our website, 
uh, www.s3.org. Uh, there you, you, you'll find answers. You can also contact me, um, uh, Alex Bin. You can search my LinkedIn to get my contact as well. Like I mentioned earlier, we are really excited. And um, what um, what we kind of uh, did for the enterprise space, we're excited to bring the open systems infrastructure to the carrier slash um, service provider. And there are three different ways to reach out to Supermicro. One is we have Salesforce. You can reach out to the sales teams out in your region. We're a global company. And the second way is you can trust our channel partners. And because of our channels, we are, we are what we are today is because of our channel partners. And you can always reach out to our channel partners. And they will provide you the right solutions. We'll work with our channel providers to kind of you know, get you the right, uh, identify the right solutions for you. And the third way is you can reach out to supermicro.com at our website, www.supermicro.com, and our solution and our enablers will help you identify the right solutions. Having said that, we are really excited. What we did for the enterprise in the last 27 years, bringing the open systems infrastructure together with the Intel, we are um, very proud that we are able to replicate it in the service provider and um, carrier space. And when customers buy it, they can be rest assured that the infrastructure they're buying is totally battle-tested, hardened for reliability, availability, and serviceability. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much for coming on the program today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. My name is Renu Navale, and I'm honored to be your guest host for Chip Chat Virtual Livecast in lieu of Mobile World Congress this year. Our regular host is Alison Klein, and I'm covering for her. I am delighted to have Joseph Marty with us today. He is Managing Director for Nearby Computing. Welcome, Joseph. Uh, thank you, and uh, very glad to be with you today. So, so, Joseph, this is the first time that Nearby Computing has been on our program. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce the company um, and tell us a little bit more about your role and Nearby Computing. Okay. So, uh, Nearby Computing is a Barcelona-based company. Uh, we uh, uh, Actually, we are a spin-off from a top research center in, in Europe in the computing engineering topic which is the Barcelona Supercomputing Center. And uh, for, for some years, there was uh, there a, a research led by a, by a group uh, by, uh, who right now is our, our CTO, David Carrera. And then uh, the, the opportunity appeared to create uh, a spin-off as we, were, as we were sure that what we had been working on uh, was something that was uh, relevant enough and had some value added enough to to become uh, a market a market product so um, by 2018 we we created the company even if we have been working for on um, from 2015 and uh, and then we we started by by just uh, looking around and seeing what was the strategy and we 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 very soon 
went to the conclusion that we had to to find the the correct partners. Okay, this was a market where there are big players, and you need to to rely on on some big players in order to get enough strength and to become uh, a, a relevant a relevant uh, tool that can uh, really go to market. Okay, so uh, here in the Barcelona area, the, the biggest player. Uh, that uh, is based here is, is Celnex. Okay, Celnex is the the leading uh, telecom infrastructure telecom infrastructure operator, very similar to what American Tower is in the U.S. And they they also wanted to become in the 5G scenario a player that could be uh, useful for their customers who are actually uh, service providers by delivering them not only. The, the type of services they were delivering up to the moment, but um, some neutral neutral network partners. Okay, so, and and we started to collaborate with them. Uh, and they they were they were in for funding us also, and so they are part of our share share or part of our cap table. And then we found Intel, and then we 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 were very very. Uh, glad because Intel was also collaborating with the Barcelona Supercomputing Center, and then it's like closing the, the circle. And uh, we we started to 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 chat and just found we had many many similar conclusions on about about what could be uh, edge, the edge, and uh, and what how to address these new scenarios. So that's more or less the beginning. And then we have been working for more than a year with Intel, and so that's what we are talking right now. That's great. Uh, so you mentioned edge, uh, and edge computing is definitely one of the, the hottest uh, opportunities in the industry these days. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, why it is so relevant, uh, why edge computing is so relevant, and what challenges, um, uh, what, what are its challenges before it becomes widely available? Well, these are two very, very, it's not simple to summarize an answer, but uh, let me say, well, first, uh, we, we, we've, we have discovered that the cloud is, is un, underperforming in some very relevant use cases. Okay, so we'll talk perhaps more later, but BB Analytics, CN, CDNs, etc. Uh, and uh, how could, how could the industry overcome this uh, lack of performance in some use cases that were demanded by companies? Okay, and so uh, the, the edge is very relevant because it comes across uh, some. It comes and to here to to deliver performance where mm, current architectures are not performant, and. Uh, the industry had to move on to new solutions that could be effective but also efficient and and really this is very exciting as a challenge to to see how these new technologies can improve business productivity or or even deliver better public services if it is a government agency who are which are using them okay and and but also uh, i think that we we can start to to foresee that uh that once you you can have the possibility of consuming digital services as you have been doing in the cloud and you can do it in the edge uh, perhaps many other changes can happen and we still don't know about that 
perhaps other players at different levels can appear. And so the game can change a little. For instance, in the, in the telco, in the telco networks, uh, up to now, uh, the usual thing is that every single, uh, every single service provider was linked to some vendor. So you had the, the main players there. Right now, we are starting to see that perhaps this is going to change and that there's going to be an ecosystem of, uh, of uh, companies being the partners of uh, a service provider and that it is very important how the service provider deals with this ecosystem. Okay, so perhaps Edge is some door that opens to a different world, okay? Always uh, something that you cannot know of right now, but it, it looks like that. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you have asked me also for the challenges, uh, and there are many, many, many challenges, and we are still overcoming them. Okay, so uh, uh, for instance, uh, you you have security. Okay, and and compromised, and then security is the first, the first. Mm, the first thing that you have to think about, okay? Other other challenges very relevant at the, techni at the technical level are interoperability, okay? Uh, the edge is a place where, where the different pieces of the puzzle have to fit, and they have to fit perfectly, and, and the user have, needs to have a seamless experience. Uh, then we have multi-tenancy, then we have workload consolidation and, and prioritization, and uh, in, in an environment where you will always have uh, resources constrained, you have many, many challenges, okay? But it's very exciting because it's, it's always when you have a problem that you, you need to think the new solution, okay? So scalability, uh, well, many, many challenges. Uh, you may have some further questions. No, absolutely. I think um, you did summarize... Um... Um, you know, not only the opportunity, but the various challenges that we have uh, around edge computing really well. Uh, you mentioned a few of them, you know, security, uh, multi-tenancy, um, you know, the scalability aspect. Uh, and it looks like, you know, a lot of these require some sort of a unified framework. So all these different edge computing nodes or platforms can be properly orchestrated. Um, can you tell us... Um, how, you know, the nearby computing solution, which is nearby one, um, how it's addressing some of these challenges and how it is, um, uh, you know, how, how it's presenting kind of a unified orchestration framework? Yes. Uh, since the beginning, we thought uh, here at Nearby Computing that, that the orchestration layer under these circumstances of scarce resources uh, would become critical, okay? Uh, and as a matter of fact, um, Orchestration is also a very relevant element in the cloud, okay? But in the cloud, you can always add more and more and more resources, and uh, you, you don't have that operational expenditure problem because the, the, the key elements are concentrated physically. But we, when you get to a, to a distributed network, geographically distributed network, you start to have more and more costs that will become unbearable in under certain circumstances. So the orchestration layer have, has to go beyond usual orchestration. Okay, we 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 all know usual orchestrations, orchestrators, sorry, 
that handle NFVs or that handle containers. We also know other orchestration services that are give us uh, near zero touch provisioning. Okay, but in in the edge ecosystem, you need to do uh, mainly everything, and you have to do it in a in a fully or the, um, in, a, in a way that makes sense, okay? So you have to link all these orchestrators, all, all these orchestrators because you, you will have to be very, very efficient, okay? So we started on that, uh, with that idea, and then we found all the tools that Intel is uh, giving us freely so we can deal with these problems, okay? So uh, we've met the PDK, and we've met also openness and we've met many other many other tools that we can talk more in a few minutes but our idea is that the edge is a concentration of problems that we have to solve with one single tool okay because if we if we start um, saying to our customers okay you have one tool for this problem the other tool so you get one dashboard for this the other dashboard for that and then you have to do all these all these workloads uh, for uh, a single node that is hosting only some very uh, light uh, modules of applications, then it doesn't make sense at the at the operational expenditures le layer okay, level. Sorry, and and uh, we, we've been working with that with that mindset. Okay, and we've reached uh, right now a, a, a version 1.0 product that is delivering all this. Through a particular architecture, which is uh, which we have been uh, uh, discussing very much with uh, the Intel team, okay, and then we think that we we've met some interesting interesting architecture that can deliver right now and will deliver more in the future. That's great. I really like how you describe the edge as a concentration of many problems that requires a single tool. I think uh, that, that's a really apt description. Um, can you um, describe a little bit more in detail around what specific Intel technologies you're using to help solve this concentration of many problems? Uh, you mentioned a couple, but can you go into a little bit more detail as to how these technologies are relevant in addressing these problems? Yes, uh, before before that, let me say that we we loved how Intel architects were addressing the problem at the at, at the as an abstract uh, uh, at the abstract level. Okay, so they started to to understand how the different uh, the different scenarios of the edge because there's no one single edge there are many edges and you can classify the edge in many ways but by node capabilities by by functions to be performed by vertical markets so it is complex but behind that there is so so many similarities that you could create a unique frame, framework okay a single framework and that's what uh, we know that the, the, the Intel architects have been working on and we've been lucky enough that they wanted to share this info with, with us and that they wanted to test these uh, architectures with us. So perhaps before an, an, a, a specific tool, there is this way to address things that I believe is much more important than one specific tool that 
which of course are relevant, but this this is something that goes before, and I wanted I wanted to underline it. And then we are we are working uh, very much with, uh, for instance, with uh, with hardware accelerators, okay, and we we've worked uh, last year at the Mobile World World Congress. We were showcasing uh, something called uh, rack scale design that uh, Lenovo. Uh, had also was also collaborating uh, in, in that project, and we were able to orchestrate the the basic resources of that of that architecture, uh, hardware accelerators, uh, CPUs, memory, and uh, also the the network interface cards, so we could assign the resources dyna- dynamically whenever they were demanded by applications. Okay, so that's something that. It is included in our orchestration framework, and uh, we have been working very, very closely to with with uh, Intel on that. We have been also working on how to um, how to have some uh, very deep dive on the telemetry of the applications. Okay, so we can know what is the status of an application and if it is performing correctly or not. Because resources resources are scarce, we need to know at every moment how what's the health status of uh, a, a specific application, and so we we can give more resources to that application or less resources application, or even we have to uh, reassign this workload to another node because it can be done and it's going to be better. So you have to keep a very a very uh, a very specific view or a very detailed view of each application and you have to keep an eye on the whole network so you can reassign things dynamically. Okay, and this is something that uh, Intel has also helped us very much to understand how uh, the, the, the applications are performing under uh, over um, an Intel platform. On top of this, of course, we've been working with, uh, with the PDK as a very, very, very relevant tool, not only for us, I think for many players in the industry. And then we, we, we met also OpenVino. OpenVino is not something that we need to use as we are not uh, AI applications uh, developers, but we needed to test our, our architecture and OpenVino was there so we could um, start to know the, the basics and we, we could uh, develop some simple applications so we could start to test. And this, is, was, this was also very important because there are not so many uh, video analytics or uh, artificial intelligence frameworks that are here so developers can use them in the testing environment. Then we have met other companies that are using OpenVino properly, I may say, and uh, we have also we have also worked with them. Let, let, I will talk a little more on, on that. And then we are using also OpenNES, which is a, a great tool because it helps us to deliver uh, the Mac environment as a, as, a, as a single piece. We didn't have to develop this part of the architecture by ourselves. Uh, and it is a, a very complex part. So it's uh, like a diamond that we have here, and we we learn how to orchestrate openness and how to deploy it in any node and any type of node and how to interface with with 
the, uh, the the APIs, and and so uh, we we've been uh, we are not strongly proficient in any of those tools, but even not being very very proficient, they have been extremely helpful to for us. Okay, because in a, in an orchestration uh, framework, everything matters. That's great to hear, um, Joseph. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on the program today. Um, I do believe we want to have you come back so we can talk more in detail about uh, you know some of the additional challenges and opportunities um, and how we are continuing to partner together on the various technologies for uh, nearby computing. Um, if folks are listening online and they want to engage with nearby computing or find out more information, um, is there a URL that you can send them to or is there a website that uh, um, you know our listeners can go to yes of course they, it's very easy they can uh, type three w's uh, nearbycomputing.com they will find the basic information and then they can reach us uh, by the email and uh, we will be very happy to contact them and to follow this conversation with them that's wonderful Thank you so much for being on the program today. It was a real pleasure. No, it is a pleasure for me. I'm honored and thank you, Reno. See you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joseph. Bye-bye. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. I am delighted to be joined today by Aran Bello, GM of ASOX. And welcome back to the program, Aran. Hi, Alison. Thank you. Good to be back. How are you? I'm good. So we were supposed to be meeting at Mobile World Congress this week, but obviously, um, given uh, the world um, situation with the coronavirus, that was not possible. I'm so glad that we were able to catch up on Chip Chat and, and find out about what your company is delivering in the networking arena. Um, why don't we just start with a reminder for the audience of ASOCs and, and what you're delivering in the, in the networking space, and uh, we can then get into the topic of uh, 5G virtual RAN as we go. Sure, thank you. So ASOCs uh, was uh, founded in uh, 2003, and actually our focus is uh, virtualization and disaggregation of wireless uh, technologies, uh, modems, um, and so on. Uh, we focus on the uh, network uh, side, solutions uh, for virtual run, again, with a focus on the enterprise uh, indoor uh, use cases. Now, I know that ASAC just delivered um, some new solutions to the market around 5G virtual RAN. Why don't we talk about... Um, why this is an area that ASOX has uh, focused on for innovation and um, where the market is with deploying VRAN solutions. Sure. So it's very interesting, actually. Um, indeed, Mobile World Congress is not happening uh, this week, but the world is uh, moving and many of the sub-events and activities are moving into the virtual space uh, this week. Uh, we actually announced today the general availability of our 5G virtual run solution for enterprise. 
Um, the solution is very disruptive and unique in the sense that it's leveraged the latest uh, Oran uh, open run frontal interface. Um, it is Ethernet-based uh, interface uh, compared to the circuit uh, switch uh, um, CPRI, all the uh, more traditional interface in the past. So we have implemented the, the Oran interface on both on the what the industry calls virtual view, the distributed uh, unit um, that is fully virtualized, as well as the front-end logic and um, software for the RU, for the radio, which comes from a partner. And the uniqueness is, of course, to provide a complete solution based on these open interfaces so uh, customers can... Uh, He can choose the, essentially the, the different components and the infrastructure in a very open manner, um, but also moving into Ethernet, uh, Ethernet interface that allow the use of commodity switching um, between the DU or CU, DU, and RU. Um, another disruptive area is the implementation of the virtual DU where we use pure software on Intel architecture and Intel processor. Actually, on our Cyrus One uh, first version, first product, we, uh, we had uh, hardware acceleration for CIPRI, and uh, we used uh, relatively high-end uh, processor, gold processors. And one of the things we learned that many time enterprises seeking a smaller scale solution and cost is a sensitive area, So this time on Cyrus 2.0, we even proved that we can run on a lower cost uh, into a more intro type of uh, server based on a Xeon D2100 family processor. Um, and not only that, we do that even with no hardware acceleration on the server side. So this is, we're talking pure virtualized uh, software with no FPGA or ASIC or any... Uh, any type of acceleration, specialty um, acceleration needed for the software on the server side. Now, Ron, I know that you guys have been very involved since the inception of work on um, virtual RAN solutions at looking at the standards that are required, at looking at what the industry needs to do holistically to make these solutions um, possible. And, and many in the industry thought, you know, the radio access networks may be a bridge too far for virtualization. What did, came together to make these solutions possible? And um, why um, were we able to cross that divide? What was, the, what was the technology that enabled us to do that and deliver it on standard Intel architecture? So indeed, we were uh, probably together with Intel the first to go to the market and say this is possible, this is doable. On the days of a CIPRI interface, you did need uh, an acceleration for bit computation on the server side. So on Cyrus 1.0 that supported CPRI, we had an acceleration unit actually on a, a network attached architecture. So we created a separate unit from the server to keep the server pure like we do now. But we did have this unit that uh, accelerate to get to the CIPRI interface. And in order to have a simple and easy use case, we picked the indoor distributed antenna system for that product 
and we created a bridge low power RF unit to connect the system to that use case, to the DAS. Um, this has proved to the market and the world that this can be done and the software can be virtualized. I think the next game changer is the ORAN Ethernet interface because this allow, uh, the 7.2 interface allow to move to a pure cost on the server side. There is no acceleration needed on the server side. Hence, you can get to a cloud native architecture where you can run pure software on Intel architecture on any um, server vendor and so on and any, pretty much any type of processor. And um, I think that's a game changer for the industry because from an, especially from an enterprise perspective, it's much, much uh, simpler. Uh, everything involved from the integration, deployment, management, and so on. Another important attribute of the OAN is the E2 interface for the um, intelligent, uh, um, real-time intelligent controller, the RIC. And that will allow um, much more simpler optimization and coordination uh, solutions to appear and control the system, again, in an open manner. When you look at how the market has responded to this, where are you seeing your near-term deployment targets and how have customers um, responded to the, the Cyrus solution? So the, the feedback for Cyrus uh, 2 is great. Um, we have demonstrated the first LTE version at Mobile World Congress Americas um, back in October, end of last year. And we were planning to demonstrate our 5G solution this week. Um, we do it virtually through meetings and, and sometimes some, in some cases face-to-face uh, um, um, -face with, the, with the early customers. Um, what we have done to make it simpler, both from carriers and enterprise and service providers in general, um, in the enterprise and industry space, is we created an entry point evaluation kit um, that consists everything the customer needs um, to set up and bring a, uh, an environment, a 5G end-to-end -end environment, including a, a partner, a NGC, uh, the, the core, uh, including our software, the underlying infrastructure, the radio, and even a UE device. Uh, so this way they can um, set up the solution and they can start work on the different use cases, uh, whether it's for a factory or hospital or an enterprise um, or carrier again, um, to, to build the commercial uh, service around the, the commercial product that we have now. That's fantastic. Um, I know that you've worked with Intel on this solution, and you mentioned that you're using the Xeon D processors. How else have you engaged with the Intel team on, on this, and, and uh, why is that collaboration critical to ASAC's delivery of solutions in the marketplace? Yeah, we've been working with the Intel team for, um, I think, since 2013. <laughs> so it's quite some time uh, by now. Uh -huh. And um, we, we are working both on the um, software side, you know, uh, Flexon provides uh, certain libraries, optimized libraries that we uh, can take leverage of. And on the DBDK, for example, for the NIC, um, and different aspects 
that uh, both accelerate uh, development as well as on the go-to-market, marketing-wise, engagements, careers, that of course also help. So um, we see Intel as a great partner in the path to virtualize uh, enterprise connectivity again in terms of cellular for g 5G. One final question for you, Ron. Where can folks find out more about this solution and the other solutions that ASOX is delivering in the marketplace? So, of course, our, our website is a, a great place to look for uh, initial information. It's uh, ASOX, www.asoxcloud.com. Uh, they can also email us at info at asoxcloud.com. Uh, we have our main offices are in Israel and in the U.S., uh, so we can uh, we have a demo demonstration systems uh, available, and we can do also virtual meetings and face to face, of course. So we look forward to engage with anyone uh, in this space that want either to learn or or trial, of course, or in partner in the um, taking the solution to market. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure. We'd love to have you back again. Thank you, Alison. Looking forward to the next conversation. Bye-bye. Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Bob Pike, General Manager of our Smart Edge Division at Intel, and Gary Wood, Senior Vice President of the Intelligent Edge for Pivot Technology Solutions. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi, Allison. Hello, Allison. Thanks. Gary, why don't we start with you and, and talk about um, Pivot Technology Services and, and how that relates to the larger communications industry? Sure. So, so Pivot is both a systems integrator and a VAR. So we bring together OEM hardware, software solutions, compute, storage, net, networking uh, from all the major OEMs. We have an ecosystem of nearly 800 suppliers that we work with. So through us, enterprise and public sector customers can, can source you know, any technology they need, and Pivot can become the sole source for that complete solution. Uh, and as a system integrator, we bring all the capabilities to then integrate and in many cases customize that solution. So we bring a very full, you know, sort of life cycle of services to wrap around any sort of technology deployment from consulting and, and engineering and design up front to, to building and integrating a custom solution and, and doing that, uh, the capability to do that at, at scale to uh, testing and certifying that and, and uh, you know, delivering it out and, de and deploying it on the other end. We have a network of almost 8,000 resources in North America that we can utilize to do deployment services. And then we provide you know, the back-end back services such as uh, break-fix support, uh, network operations center, security operations center, to do all the network and security monitoring and, uh, and IT help desk functions. Uh, on the back end. So we do all those things in addition to several managed services in the cloud space. And and uh, so we're a very complete provider of all these services and, and really provide the value to customers to bring technology and, and the full life cycle of services all together under from one source. Now, now, Gary, obviously edge services are a hot topic with enterprises today. What are you delivering for the edge and, and why is this such a critical focus 
for customers who are looking to do more with their um, infrastructure? Well, so I think in terms of a broad trend, you know, what we've seen over the last seven or eight years is enterprises, public sector, customers alike have moved, you know, massive amounts of data infrastructure uh, to a cloud-based model, whether it be, you know, public cloud, hybrid cloud. Most customers are doing some semblance of a hybrid cloud uh, approach and strategy. So we've seen, you know, data center footprints uh, vastly reduced. In many cases, customers have eliminated their data center footprint altogether. And it has saved, you know, untold uh, hundreds of millions, probably well into the billions. Uh, uh, I don't have an exact data point on what that has meant in terms of CapEx, OpEx savings to the enterprise segment uh, at large, but it has been monumental. We could certainly agree. And that's allowed those customers to basically retrench and, and, you know, plow that uh, savings back into R&D, to innovation, to broader digital transformation of their business. And so, so it has literally been transformative, not just for enterprises, not just for the IT industry, but really for the economy. Um, so it's been a tremendous benefit. But, uh, you know, that comes with certain trade-offs as well. And the trade-off in this case is there are some applications that customers are now beginning to look back at and say, you know, I really, really ought to take the, a couple of mission-critical applications that I run and bring those back into my environment. And there are certain data sets that, I probably would be more comfortable uh, with you know, the security of that data uh, sitting behind my firewall as opposed to in a public cloud. So I think customers in this next wave are now beginning to look at edge compute and edge infrastructure as a way to mitigate some of the concerns with you know, latency, with uh, access egress charges that they pay to the public cloud providers, uh, data security, as I mentioned, and uh, you know just getting those mission critical functions back into their own environment. And uh, so we allow customers to do that and we deliver the, and build out and deploy the infrastructure that they need uh, to enable that play. So edge compute is, uh, is a very hot topic, as you said. Uh, you know, we, in partnership with Intel and around the smart edge software, uh, provide the technology for customers to enable that play. And uh, we think it's gonna be equally uh, impactful for the industry. And uh, there are a lot of exciting new use cases being born under the general umbrella of edge compute, uh, not the least of which is uh, private LTE and a way for customers to look at a private alternative to uh, wirelessly connecting devices uh, in their uh, corporate and or branch office environments. And I know we're going to get into a little bit of that today. So, Bob, I I would like to introduce you to obviously Intel has a great investment in this space. Tell me about Smart Edge Division and how it fits into Intel's broader strategy for the edge. Now, the Smart Edge Division is is really focused on, as you can hear in the context of what Gary was communicating, the premise edge. We're we're kind of a commercial version of openness, but uh, Smart Edge is really focused on, you know, introducing virtualization functions the network, the the application elements, plus the access elements that were described by Gary, you know, LTE and Wi-Fi. We can combine all that into a, a single very powerful Intel server and deliver really what it comes down to a better experience in a, in a retail store. So what SmartEdge is, is a software stack or an enabler for creating in an experience in a retail environment. So, you know, it's it's connecting the devices in the store, 
to those apps that Gary was referencing that they're bringing back to the edge. So, you know, it's exciting. Inside of Intel, we have all kinds of capabilities for, you know, video inferencing and, let's say, analytics and things now that we can use to help create a better experience for someone coming in the store or helping that, um, that clerk or the individual who's trying to service that client do it in a more expedient manner. When you look at the challenge and what we're trying to deliver together, um, how did SmartEdge and Pivot work together on this particular solution? Bob, do you want to start? And then uh, Gary can add comments. Yeah. So, you know, we're, um, you know, we're in, the software is an enabler. We really need, you know, uh, you know, an organization like Pivot who knows their retail clients. When you do a deployment, you know, you, you really need to understand the specific applications they're using, uh, how they're managed and supported, what their stores look like, uh, you know, what they're trying to do in their strategy. And that really comes from Pivot. They have a, a very, you know, good base of clients. They know their clients well. So they're able to take the software and package it in a way that it can be consumed by that client such that it really does enhance what they're trying to do with what they already own. Because really what we're doing is we're just taking some things they may have in the cloud, putting it at the edge and creating a better experience. But with, we need folks like Pivot who have that knowledge, that domain knowledge of that industry and those individual clients. And then we're providing the software stack that they can leverage to uh, you know, create a uh, an environment or a platform for their customer. So, Gary, how does this help Pivot in terms of delivery of these kinds of solutions to your customer base? Well, first of all, I don't think I could overstate the value of having Intel as a partner. And, uh, you know, the way that came about is actually fairly unique as well. The uh, smart edge, multi-axis edge compute uh, software uh, and the intellectual property around that was originally developed uh, under a company that is uh, operated as a wholly owned subsidiary of Pivot called Applied Computer Solutions, a company that for which uh, Bob served as the CTO and really was the evangelist in the marketplace uh, out there talking about uh, multi-axis edge compute and its capabilities really before anybody else in the industry was doing so. So he's truly a pioneer in this space. Uh, that IP and the team around that were transferred into Intel. And through that commercial relationship, you know, we've now become a preferred partner and a strategic partner with uh, with Intel, and I'm sorry to use that overused term, but it really is uh, important here. Uh, we are truly strategic partners around this offering, and uh, Intel gives us instant credibility. You know, Pivot doesn't enjoy the kind of brand equity that it, that Intel does as truly one of the largest powerhouses in the technology space. So, you know, my ability to to drop into any initial conversation with a prospective customer that uh, Intel is my strategic partner in this offering, uh, it really gives us instant credibility and it opens a lot of doors. And, uh, you know, companies who don't want to be pitched uh, on a solution uh, are willing to sit down and talk to the likes of Intel uh, and and are willing to have a conversation because of Intel's leadership position in technology generally in so many spaces. So uh, it's a terrific value for Pivot. And, uh, you know, as Bob said, we we bring, we complement each other perfectly in the sense that we take their software stack and uh, we bring in, you know, the OEM hardware choices of, you know, Dell, Hewlett Packard Enterprise, uh, Cisco for the edge uh, appliance or edge server. 
uh, and then bring you know networking capabilities, uh, RF infrastructure, uh, as we begin to then build out use cases that involve uh, wireless co- connectivity. Uh, we can bring partners in that do uh, analytics at the edge uh, in various ways, orchestration at the edge. So there are a number of things that we can bring in as an SI in a VAR, so it really completes the offering. So uh, yeah, Intel's uh, presence in this and and the, you know the ability of the multi-access edge compute functionality to really serve as the the core functionality that enables all the wonderful things we're discussing here uh, is key. And uh, I couldn't think of a better partner to do that with than Intel. Now I know that you know the partnership between Pivot and Intel is strong. We also have a key partnership with Dell in this space. Bob, do you want to comment on that partnership and and what they're delivering in terms of? Uh, infrastructure um, for this solution? Yes, we, um, we've we had a, a lot of success with Dell, um, you know, even before we were a part of Intel. Um, their PowerEdge line is just a wonderful, it's like a Swiss Army knife of, of servers. Um, because this is a converged platform, um, you know, it does support VNFs as well as you know, containers and VMs, supporting applications, and access methods. So Dell brought to the table, you know, such a wealth of experience in, in the platform to be able to support all those things. It's uh, it's not trivial to have all that kind of capability running through, you know, uh, one platform. And Dell has done that with us with the PowerEdge. They've also introduced um, VEP 4600, which is uh, a nice form factor for a location like a retail store. And um, as well as they've been collaborative and kind of, uh, I guess, engaging with clients. When you're building anything like this, it really comes down to making sure you're designing it such that it can be consumed in as simple a manner as possible. I think Dell's uh, experience and the um, enterprise space has been invaluable as we've continued to advance the platform. So Dell's been just fabulous from a perspective of the platform and, and engaging in the market, both with the, the operators and the enterprise. Fantastic. Um, when you look at the types of solutions that are you guys are delivering, um, are there any leading um, verticals um, that you're targeting for these? And is there a reason why Edge is particularly um, interesting for these verticals? Gary, do you want to comment on that? Yeah, I think, you know, one that comes uh, really leaps to mind as just a tremendous fit uh, in terms of illustrating and, and uh, you know, what's possible with Edge infrastructure uh, is retail. Uh, undoubtedly. So uh, retail is attractive in a, in a number of ways. Not only the use cases uh, extremely compelling, uh, and I think uh, offer a great opportunity to really illustrate the, the possible and the power of some of the functionality that we can enable at the edge, but also gives us the scale. You know, from a strictly commercial standpoint, uh, you know, we want to go after big deals. Everybody in the Intel uh, field sales force, the Dell field sales force, uh, pivot the same way. We all want to go after big deals that scale. And that really leverages the, the scale, uh, scalability competencies of Pivot as well. So retail fits that very well. You know, the industry has this concept of what it calls robo, remote office, branch office. So anything that fits that, be it retail, healthcare clinics, law offices, real estate offices, uh, anything that fits that model of you know, many endpoints, many branch offices, uh, is a tremendous opportunity to leverage the power of edge. 
And retail fits that very well uh, because it, it involves use cases that really uh, help retailers engage customers better. So if you look at the traditional brick and mortar retail industry, it is obviously facing a monumental shift in its business model, uh, a, a tremendous uh, shift in, the, in consumer behavior. Uh, you know, many of us who, who 10, 15 years ago didn't buy anything online uh, now buy virtually everything online. And so the challenge for retailers is obviously to create a customer experience in the store that is engaging and that attracts customers to want to come into the retail environment uh, and, and drives traffic to the store. So there are a number of things that we do at the edge that, that help retailers in that battle. Uh, and that includes, um, you know, digital signage in the store where we can store and cache content and update that content dynamically uh, from an edge server uh, with immediacy uh, without having to, to wait for long, you know, long latency, long downloads from the cloud. Uh, so that's, that's actually a very attractive use case. Uh, and we're partnered with some really interesting companies in that space. Um, you know, the ability to simply connect to employees in the store with, with tablets who can then during peak traffic periods can help, you know, check people out in line and jump into action with a tablet and check you out. So you're not in, in line during the Christmas season, you know, for 30 or 40 minutes waiting to check out. And then also engaging customers in ways that uh, it's, it's amazing what's being done now. I mean, the stores are geo geofencing their retail environment so that when you're getting out of your car, you know, in the parking lot, they're already aware of your presence. Uh, they can begin, you know, pushing offers to you, text messages to you to, you know, with promotions that are unique to your buying patterns. Uh, you know, many of these things obviously done on an opt-in basis. But once you're in the store environment, you know, analytics at the edge can be looking at footfall and traffic patterns in the store, dwell time in, in, in certain areas of the store. So they're really beginning to develop then a profile of how each individual shopper experiences the retail environment how you shop, what you're looking for, how much time you spend in store, uh, you know, the things you go back and revisit more than once. And all of that is tremendously powerful in, in terms of them custom tailoring that buying experience and, and knowing what offers are going to be appealing to you and so forth. So the ability to do that, you know, whether it's over Wi-Fi con uh, connectivity, over uh, private LTE, again, using analytics at the edge, even visual video analytics at the edge, uh, you know, the ability for a digital sign to sense uh, that, you know, an approaching shopper is uh, male and, and of approximate, you know, age range uh, based on using capabilities like Intel's OpenVINO capability. We can do that analysis and do it uh, really quickly, really rapidly at the edge and with extremely low latency, then produce visual signage that is going to be compelling to that shopper based on their profile. So, you know, that's just kind of a quick laundry list of the kinds of things that retailers are doing and, and why that particular vertical is so attractive to us. All right. And, and Bob, you know, as Gary was talking, one thing that I thought about was security is such an important thing when you start moving workloads to remote locations and, um, how are we addressing that within the solutions that we're delivering and, and how does Intel technology figure into that? Yeah, this is, um, it was, uh, Gary and I go a good bit back on working on this edge solution and some of our early deployments and meeting with the clients, it was clear that there was, there's a lot of threat vectors when you're on premise, you know, because you have device connectivity, you have lots of ways that people are going to try to compromise you. 
So we, we had a few customers that said, you can't think about security in this from, you know, kind of a, a wall around it, right? You have to build security in. And at the time, the idea of zero trust was being introduced that, you know, you need to build the platform such that nothing trusts anything. And this is, this is some concepts that I know Intel has been very active in. So we, from the beginning, began to look at, you know, um, encryption, keys, certificate management, um, audit capability, you know, leveraging silicon where possible, making sure every, you know, every kind of connection or bear or any kind of, of data that never is not put in even a secure tunnel or encrypted in some way, even using secure enclave kind of technologies. And Intel has been, it, this is kind of a, a marriage of the software and the, and the wonderful uh, silicon that, uh, you know, Intel has. So, We've been able to combine those all that together at the edge to create a, a really solid kind of foundation to protect client information. And what really pushed us even further was there's, you know, it's not just securing the information, it's protecting people's privacy. So some of the use cases that you were describing, you know, earlier on um, that, you know, we heard from Gary was, there's some folks who may say, I don't want to participate in that, right? So we have to make sure in those instances we can protect that individual's privacy and make sure that they don't get bothered when they said they don't want to be bothered. So we've really collectively gone a long way to making sure that this could be put at the edge of the network and have the pr proper security and privacy governance around it. So hopefully there's that. this is a whole kind of, week-long talk in of itself, um, you know, securing the edge. When you look at the opportunity in front of us, obviously we've, we've uh, you know, delivered a great collaboration and solutions in the marketplace. Gary, what's next for Pivot in this space? And where um, do you want to continue to work with Bob and the Intel team on delivering um, continued innovation to solutions as we move ahead with this market? Well, the neat thing about uh, edge compute and edge use cases is, uh, and, and this is true of private mobility as a use case underpinning uh, edge, is it really does span and, and it has tremendous value and impact across every conceivable industry vertical. Uh, so there's a lot of business and a lot of opportunity out there, and we're partnering up in ways that make us you know, more relevant and more complete in each one of those uh, verticals. Uh, leveraging partners, you know, existing business and existing customer relationships in respective verticals. But I think, you know, this retail space is really interesting. And uh, there are a couple others that are right up there. Uh, healthcare is, is certainly one. Uh, but retail is interesting, again, because it scales in the manner that I talked about before and because the use cases are really so compelling. And, you know, there, there's a compelling event there with customers uh, in terms of, you know, really facing a very monumental challenge and shift in the way they do business, and uh, they're, they're in the fight of their lives. So I think there's a tremendous opportunity for Intel and Pivot to partner and to come in as solution providers and really help them in that battle. And uh, so we're excited about that. And, uh, you know, the ideation of, of new use cases and, uh, the, you know, the joint to sort of R&D activity that we can do with Intel. And uh, so we, we think there's a lot out there. There's a, just a huge mountain to climb and a tremendous funnel developing. And uh, we're, we're 
you know, hopeful that the Intel field sales force uh, can be a, a very valuable and powerful channel to market for us in uh, generating interest and awareness with customers and, uh, you know, engaging us so that we can uh, go out and, and team with them and uh, bring value to customers across all these verticals, but specifically in retail because of its unique advantages. Now, final question for you guys. Where can folks find out more info on these solutions and where they can engage with the teams? Well, they can certainly uh, reach out to me personally, uh, gary.wood at pivotts.com. They can find me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, And they can certainly go to our website, pivotts.com, and take a look at uh, what we're doing across a range of of industries. And uh, one of the things they can specifically look for there is our concept of a store in a box, which is a specific competency that we've built around packaging technology in a repeatable, very efficient way for uh, scaled store openings and and store uh, deployments uh, in the retail space, which I think is really interesting and marries up very nicely with what Bob and and I will be trying to do in the retail space. And Bob, if folks want to find out more about SmartEdge, where would you send them? Yeah, we're at um, bob.pike at indel.com. Uh, but also you can look at the, you know, the Intel website and, you know, just type in SmartEdge backslash SmartEdge and you will find a, a section just on our platform and what we're doing. Um, we also work closely with the, with the OpenNest team, which provides the open version of the platform. So there's good information there as well. So um, that's the best way to, to get things started uh, and then, Obviously, if you're looking at commercial deployments, uh, our friends at Pivot are the are the right way to go that they can help make sure this gets delivered and uh, implemented. Fantastic. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a pleasure uh, to talk to you. We'd love to have you back sometime. Wonderful. Thank, Thank you, Allison. Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Renu Navale, Vice President and General Manager of Edge Computing and Ecosystem Enabling at Intel, and Partha Sitala, Founder and CTO of Robin.io. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Allison, and uh, welcome to Partha as well. Thank you. Partha, uh, this is your first time on Chip Chat, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about Robin.io. Sure. Uh, as you introduced, my name is Partha Sitala. I'm the founder and CTO of Robin.io. Uh, we are a five-year-old company based out of Silicon Valley. And what we have built is a Kubernetes-based platform with the focus of automating the deployment, scaling, and lifecycle management for data-centric as well as network-centric workloads, which essentially means that it spans a wide variety of uh, applications, all the way from databases, big data, to more traditional network-centric workloads such as uh, radio access networks and so on. Now, I know that we've been talking a lot about the cloudification of everything, and it seems like containerization of the telco stack, which is the topic for today, is very befitting to that broader conversation. Renu, can you just provide some um, perspective on how Intel is investing in this space to get started, and then we can get into the collaboration with Robin.io? Um, so, Alison, for the past decade, um, Intel has been 
investing in virtualization and cloudification of the network infrastructure. Um, and we've had some great successes with NFE and SDN with our customers. Uh, for the past you know, couple of years, uh, we're seeing this increasing trend of containerization or cloud-native deployments for the network infrastructure. So we have started to work with our customers and our partners um, around cloud-native deployments of network infrastructure and network architecture. And that is one of the ways we have had the good fortune of um, working very closely with Robin.io. Now, Partha, um, you know, you, you are targeting containerization of the telco stack. Why was the collaboration with Intel and openness critical to delivery of that? Yeah, so uh, maybe a little bit of uh, color on the containerization itself, right? Uh, so when people talk about containerization and cloud native, uh, it, it essentially talks about two things, right? Number one is the, the breaking up of a monolithic application into microservices. Uh, which introduces, of course, things around scaling and so on, scaling challenges and so on. And the other aspect is the automation of all these services when they are stitched together to form a service chain. Now, when you go back to the first category of breaking an application into microservices, you will notice that in a network, uh, in, in a network such as a 5G te- telco network, the the microservices, some of the microservices have certain requirements from the underlying infrastructure layers. And the stack that Intel has put together from Xeon processors to their SmartNICs and so on, have those capabilities that can be leveraged by these applications. For example, something like uh, the radio access network code that will heavily uh, use the underlying smarts in the network card. It will use the capabilities of the Xeon processors. It could also use Intel's FPGAs and so on. And uh, this collaboration is very important because what Robin has done is he's worked very closely with Intel uh, and we have, in our own stack, we have built application awareness and infrastructure awareness in our uh, automation platform. So now that we can go and discover these capabilities that are offered by the underlying Intel hardware, we can expose that in a very easy-to-use manner so that you know those who are writing the radio access network code don't have to go and tinker with the underlying you know, uh, individual SmartNICs or FPGAs or the processors. They can simply basically declare what they want, and we will work very closely with the underlying Intel hardware to ensure that those requirements are met. Fantastic. Now, tell me about how uh, the two companies came together um, to deliver this, and, and what did we learn, Renew, out of this collaboration in terms of where technology is today and where we may want to invest for the future? Um, so I think for sure um, there are a couple of um, a couple of key aspects of, you know, cloud-native and containerization. Um, one is, as uh, Pata was mentioning, kind of the, the whole um, automation of services or the service chaining aspect uh, that's going to be critical to the deployment of um, services both on the edge as well as the network infrastructure. Uh, the whole orchestration of um, all of uh, this from the cloud to the edge, uh, we will have multiple uh, multiple infrastructure um, you know, nodes or platforms, uh, services, uh, network functions, all of this needs to be orchestrated, um, the resource, underlying resources. Uh, so orchestration is going to be a huge uh, focus as well. 
Uh, and I think uh, one of the other aspects I think uh, Pata also hit on is this whole concept of more application-aware uh, database or application-aware storage. Um, I really think that is going to be very, very critical as we expand, you know, more towards the edge and have more edge applications. Um, you know, we, we need to be make, make sure we have um, edge application-aware monitoring as well as uh, databases. Fantastic. Now, obviously, this innovation is being driven as um, companies are looking at deploying 5G infrastructure to solve real problems. Partha, where do you think we are with 5G within um, enterprise service delivery? And how does this, um, this innovation that we've worked on together help with that um, trust that 5G networks are ready for these types of um, edge services? Yeah, so we are, I would say that we are in the the starting stages of a, you know, a wider rollout of 5G services right now. And technologies from Intel and from uh, like partners like ourselves, like Robin.io, would be the key enabling technologies that will enable the adoption of 5G more broadly. And the reason I say that is because uh, I mean, obviously, from the network side, there is innovation that's going on so that you can leverage the, the benefits of the 5G spec itself, whether it be performance or it is scale and all that. Uh, but in order to make it more consumable and also make it operationally simple, you would have to do, you would have to rely on, I would say, hyper automation. Because you are actually talking about a scale that has not been seen before. And in order to manage that amount of scale, you would have to rely on automation. And uh, I think this is the starting stages, but the platform that we have built with Robin.io and leveraging Intel technologies, I think we are going to accelerate its adoption uh, significantly because what we are focusing on here is two aspects. One is obviously automation. That would obviously bring down the operational challenges that a mobile network operator would, uh, would see. Uh, but in addition to that, we are also making it easier to consume because that is sometimes often forgotten, right? We only talk about automation, which is important, but it's also important to take all the complexities that are offered by the underlying hardware resources and expose it in a manner that is easy to consume by the application developers or the application writers, right? And that is, I think, a key innovation that will drive this, uh, this momentum or drive the momentum of the adoption of 5G. What has the response been in the market uh, for the solution that we've developed? Partha, why don't you start with that, and then Renew, maybe you can comment more broadly. Um, so a couple of things, right? Uh, we are working both with uh, RAN vendors uh, and as well as mobile network operators. So from the RAN vendor side, it's made it very easy for them to go and run uh, 5G, uh, like the GNODE B code and so on, very easily leveraging all the Intel innovations around FPGA or SRIOV or the SmartNex and the Xeon processors and so on. So definitely it's cutting down the time it takes to go to market uh, for the, the RAN vendors. From the mobile network operator's point of view, what, you, what would normally take you know, weeks of you know, planning and deployment, uh, what they have seen with 4G, now we are bringing it down into minutes. So they are able to adopt new services more in a more agile manner. They are able to deliver on these services very quickly. And to the point that Renu was making earlier, 
Uh, deployment obviously is very important, but in addition to that, you have to do monitoring. You have to do active healing. You have to do scaling. So all those are, you know, built-in capabilities of the Robin IO platform. And using that, uh, the operational burden for a mobile network operator has gone down significantly. Right. So I would uh, say that uh, we are seeing some good traction both from the RAN vendors as well as from the mobile network operators. Renu, do you want to provide some other context? Yeah, sure, Alison. I think uh, I do want to hit on some of the key points Parta was making. Um, in terms of uh, consumability, one of our big focus areas from Intel's side has been how can we make it easier for our customers to consume Intel's technologies? So we have you know, a number of... Um, a uh, number of initiatives targeted towards that, um, like, for example, our Intel Select Solutions. Um, we're also partnering um, closely with our uh, customers to make sure that um, we can have, we can help accelerate their time to market with, um, uh, based on the configurations on Intel Select. Um, even from our software toolkits perspective, like OpenNAS, um, we have been focused on giving our customers a family of microservices which is flexible and modular, so our customers can, um, you know, quickly pick and choose the pieces that are easy for them to adopt and most relevant to them for their stack, uh, and this helps accelerate their deployments uh, or their development and time to deployment. Um, the the other aspect that uh, we've also been focusing on, um, in, in you know, in collaboration um, with our partners. Um, is how do we make it easier for our customers to um, onboard various services and make sure that we are providing the infrastructure um, in order to help uh, facilitate, you know, the orchestration and monitoring of the network infrastructure and the edge. And I think that comes in multiple layers, uh, right down from um, ensuring we have hooks to our and enhance platform awareness capabilities that the Intel Silicon provides, making sure we have hooks to that for resource orchestration, um, you know, ensuring that we are then able to um, expose that in the form of microservices to our application developers, uh, plugging into various service orchestrators, uh, and enabling the ecosystem to help support drive this orchestration and monitoring at multiple layers um, of the infrastructure, I think they're both uh, they're both the consumability and this orchestration and monitoring are all extremely critical to um, how we, we we can accelerate um, um, you know cloud native network infrastructure and edge deployments. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, guys, for being on the show. I think that my final question for you both is um, where folks can find out more about the solutions that Robin IO is delivering a market and where folks can engage um, in the Intel openness effort. Partha, why don't you go first? Yeah, I think you can get a lot of information from our website, which is robin.io. Uh, we usually post a lot of technical content there that talks about the solution and also talks about the technology that drives that solution. So robin.io would be a good source to get more information. And from the Intel site, besides our intel.com website, um, there's definitely a wealth of information on our Network Builders website, which is uh, www.networkbuilders.com. Um, and then for, for, from an OpenNAS perspective, um, you know, the openness.org website um, has a wealth of information as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you both for your time today. It's been a real pleasure 
catching up with both of you, and we'd love to have you back on the show in the future. Thank you, Alison. Thanks, Alison. And thank you, Patsa. Thanks, Reno. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. I am really excited uh, to be joined by Renu Navali, Vice President and General Manager of Edge Computing and Ecosystem Enabling at Intel. Welcome to the program, Renu. Um, uh, hi, Allison. It's um, great to be back on the program. It's fun to interview you now, Renu, since you are the official co-host of Chip Chat Network Insights. So um, I'm turning the table back on you uh, to interview you. Um, and, you know, we would have been at Mobile World Congress doing this interview, but of, of course, unfortunately, with, with the world's events, that event has been canceled. Yes, I. it is unfortunate, but I'm glad that we're getting this opportunity to do this through um, through ChipChat. So, you know, the, the question that I have for you is, you know, this is, this is a seminal time in the network industry regardless of whether Mobile World is being held or not, with the industry delivering a number of new innovations to the marketplace, Intel being at the center of that. Um, and, and I think that the biggest topic in 2020 is Edge. So let's just start with um, how Intel sees Edge and how we're driving technology innovation for, uniquely for the Edge. Sure. So, so Intel, uh, uh, you know, has been making a number of um, key technology advancements to drive edge computing. Um, our goal with edge computing is uh, to make sure that we equip our customers with the best technology platforms, uh, hardware and software, uh, the best set of um, developer toolkits to drive um, media um, analytics as well as networking capabilities and then work with our ecosystem and our partners to make sure we are enabling the best set of um, solutions on Intel platforms that our customers can rapidly deploy at the edge. Um, so, so with that, we, we've been making a number of um, key releases for our platforms, our developer toolkits, um, as well as I think there have been a few partner announcements uh, that have gone out in the last couple of weeks in lieu of Mobile World Congress. Now, obviously, um, this is just like um, how we've tackled different um, data-centric um, targets for innovation, but there are some unique things here that we're investing in, and um, they're really centered on the combination of hardware and software and delivering um trusted platforms for edge environments. Tell me how the team is looking at an underlying hardware foundation for edge and how we're approaching um, delivery of a, a stack for edge services. Sure. So, so first of all, I think, um, in, you know, based on some of the recent announcements, you've seen that um, we have um, new silicon that goes into our base stations. It was uh, it was formerly codenamed Snow Ridge, um, but I think it's uh, it's one of the new um, Intel Atom series 
Um, we have a vector processing unit, which was um, codenamed Keen Bay, um, that was released as well. So all of these um, are very, very compelling, um, you know, hardware technologies um, that we can use at the edge in addition to our Intel Xeon SP, our Intel Xeon D, as well as our Atom and Core processors. Um, we have a number of accelerators as well. In addition to FPGA, we have our visual cloud accelerators for both analytics and rendering, um, as well as, uh, you know, our Kimbay, um, you know, Movidius-based vector processing unit accelerators. So a very diverse and robust set of, um, um, you know, hardware uh, portfolio for the edge. Um, and we've complemented that with um, key software capabilities. Um, we have the OpenVINO uh, developer toolkit that's focused on deep learning inferencing capabilities. Um, this was launched um, you know, about two years ago and has, ha has actually built a very robust uh, set of developers and ecosystem around um, the use of you know, deep learning inferencing for various IoT vertical applications um, in industrial, in retail. Um, it's also been deployed to do um, um, coral reef uh, preservation in the deep sea, um, as well as in, um, well, in the European Space Agency's um, satellites. So it's a very diverse set of um, applications. In addition to that, we have uh, the Open Network Ed Services Software, or OpenNAS. Um, we actually released our third release um, the, in December of 2019, and we, are, um, we have a new release that's coming up at the end of March. Um, this enables, uh, this helps to um, actually democratize networking for our application developers. It's an open source offering, um, which uh, allows us to, um, you know, provide secure uh, cloud-native multi-access edge computing for our customers and our partners. Uh, and what we've been trying to do with OpenNAS is really address three types of customer pain points. One is, you know, abstracting the network complexity for our enterprise uh, and IoT customers, so they get an easy button to deploy the network um, within the IoT verticals or enterprise verticals. Um, and also on the network edge side, um, deliver cloud-like agility, um, you know, to our um, operators who can deploy. Um, and manage various types of edge applications on their edge platforms, and also enable them to easily extend NFVI um, and cloud native to the edge from the core of the network. So we're very excited with a couple of new capabilities around supporting uh, 5G NR, as well as the enhanced platform awareness for our developers, uh, so they can easily deploy 5G, uh, 5G custom capabilities or 5G deployments. Um, we also, you know, released what is called experience kits, um, which enables, again, our customers and partners to, um, um, you know, rapidly set up and deploy, um, you know, 5G and Edge applications um, using OpenNAS on our Intel platforms. Now, obviously, OpenNAS has gotten incredible traction within the industry ecosystem, and, you know, it's it's been just you know, a year since we've delivered this to the marketplace and it's got uh, good engagement. Where do we go next with openness and how does this relate to our broader platform strategy? Um, so one of the, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. I think we've, um, it's actually been six months since we did our first delivery of openness um, and we've had three deliveries of uh, software since then. 
Um, we release software every quarter. Um, what, what openness is kind of evolving to is um, it's starting to become um, not only, um, you know, an ability for our customers, um, our tele telecom operators to um, deploy and manage edge applications with cloud-like agility. Um, they are also able to use the various microservices in OpenNAS, um, which, which are modular, which gives them the flexibility to rapidly set up a platform as a service, um, which allows them to onboard not only their own applications and services, but also um, applications and services from other multi-cloud vendors uh, like our Tier 1 CSPs or our next wave um, cloud service providers. In addition to that, what we're trying to do with uh, OpenNAS is really make sure that um, we um, you know, incorporate you know, some of the key advancements in our 3GPP standards as well as our HC Max standards to make sure that we're providing capabilities to our customers that enables them to deploy edge applications and edge platforms across any type of network infrastructure, whether it's 4G, 5G, public, uh, publicly managed or telco managed services, or even private, private wireless or private mobility. We need to make sure that we are providing our customers uh, the seamless ability to deploy across any type of network infrastructure. Uh, and, and one of the other things we are trying to do for our customers is making sure we are able to expose some of the key functionality in our hardware, you know, telemetry, security, and other capabilities uh, through these microservices to the application developers. Um, and we are also equipping the application developers with capabilities around how to be able to dynamically um, configure various accelerators or even FPGA. Uh, we, you know, or other different forms of data plane acceleration. So one of the, the vision for going forward, I think your question was, where do you see this going? Um, this is what I consider a um, very flexible and non-opinionated um, software developer toolkit um, that can evolve to provide various capabilities to our customers um, with the end goal being rapid deployment of edge platforms and rapid deployment and management of edge applications um, on these various platforms that leverage, you know, the underlying Intel technologies as well. Now, Intel recently made an uh, announcement about acquiring SmartEdge. Um, how does SmartEdge relate to our work with openness and why is this a critical move for the company? Sure. So, so OpenNAS is um, an open source, uh, freely available uh, software. Um, this is um, uh, this is kind of part of our um, uh, you know tried and proven playbook that we've used to grow our networking business uh, for the last decade, where we've uh, you know contributed to open source, uh, built you know very robust community around some of our critical networking software like TPDK. So we, we're continuing that open source playbook with OpenNAS. But one of the other things uh, we did was with the rise of enterprise private mobility, um, you know, we, we, we acquired and we're in the process of integrating SmartEdge um, into Intel because they have very strong capabilities and IP and a product 
um, that uh, a commercial offering that can be deployed in enterprises to offer private mobility um, edge capabilities um, for 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 our customers. Um, so essentially, Smart Edge is a commercial offering for enterprise private mobility, whereas OpenNAS is the open source version. So they're really what I consider two sides of the same coin. Um, if a customer wants, you know, open source, they want to be able to freely integrate various microservices from OpenNAS, they can use um, the, the, the open source version. Uh, but if they want a commercial ready-to-deploy, um, you know, software um, that's, you know, fully supported for enterprise private mobility, um, they have smart edge. So it's really about making sure we're giving our customers the choice, um, choice that will help with their their go-to-market and their deployments. Now, we're also engaging in um, an initiative called SARA. Can you tell me about that? Sure. So SARA stands for Converged Edge Reference Architecture. When we look at the different edge use cases, almost every use case is a convergence of more than one type of workloads. And these workloads could be media, it could be analytics, it could be networking, wireless, or you know, wireline. Um, so all of these workloads, you know, need to converge in some form, um, you know, onto the same edge platform. So what we started to started to do with Sarah in its first instantiation was um, we converged analytics capabilities with networking capabilities um, on a Xeon D platform. Uh, so we built out a reference architecture that takes advantage of the underlying hardware and accelerators. So we have accelerators like the Movidius uh, vector processing units, FPGAs, um, and the Visual Cloud Accelerator cards. So the underlying hardware takes advantage of this. And then we have, on the software stack, we have OpenVINO and OpenNAS integrated together. And this was a reference architecture blueprint that we offered to our various um, OEM and ODM partners. Um, we've really seen a very strong uptake in taking those blueprints um, you know, by our customers, um, in, we had uh, actually have a couple of our customers, Foxconn and QNAP, that picked up these blueprints. Um, they added additional applications specific to the verticals they wanted to go deploy in, um, and QNAP actually um, took this design to deploy in a retail sports retail store in um, Taiwan. Uh, so they have actual deployments. Uh, and as did Foxconn in their own smart factory. Uh, and all of this was done in less than six months. So in less than six months, they went from taking the blueprint that we are providing them with the integrated software, the hardware design that we offered them, um, they took that to, uh, you know, productization, uh, took it to a trial, um, and they are heading towards commercialization, um, you know, over Q1 and Q2 of this year. With all of this innovation, um, how has the response been from the ecosystem and our customer base? So the uh, everybody is either moving to the edge or have edge offerings or they're living on the edge. Um, so the response to our technologies, our hardware, our software, um, our ecosystem um, efforts that we drive through our various partner programs um, has been tremendous. Um, we're seeing very strong traction. 
Um, in fact, one of our um, one of our projects um, recently won an award at the TM Forum. It's called um, the award was called Being Edgy, and it was a pretty complex project with multiple ecosystem partners. Um, we've had additional, you know, comm service providers um, um, deploying or going into trials um, with OpenNAS on our, um, um, you know, Intel Xeon um, hardware. So it's a tremendous traction and response from our customers and um, ecosystem. Um, I think we have um, a couple of, um, uh, you know, PR uh, releases that went out, um, you know, in the last uh, week or so for Mobile World Congress um, with, uh, with from Radices, from Robin.io, from Quilt, and a few others. Fantastic. Well, I'm really excited about the progress that you guys are making and the traction that you're getting with the industry. One final question for you, Renu. Where can folks find out more information about all of these technologies that you've discussed today? Um, sure. I think there are a couple of different websites, Allison, besides the the intel.com website. We also have the, the intelnetworkbuilders.com website. Uh, and for OpenNAS, they can go to the openness.org. Uh, and I think they have similar um, similar sites from intel.com where they can get more information on OpenVINO and Open Visual Cloud as well. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of information on our websites for our partners. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today, Renu. It's always a pleasure. Um, thank you so much, Allison. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. Today I'm joined by Kuntal Chowdhury. Senior Vice President of Packet Core at Mavenir. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Alison. Thanks for having me. Why don't we start out with a background, um, Kuntal, of, of your role at Mavenir and how it relates to Mavenir's objective of, of driving solutions into the network arena. Sure. Um, I um, am part of the uh, Packet Compute BU in Mavenir. Um, Mavenir is an end-to-end software company in telecom with um, roots in uh, IMS and messaging. Um, but uh, at this time, we are building everything that uh, from starting from applications all the way to the RAN. So Packet Core or Packet Compute BU uh, is uh, in the heart of this uh, new Mavenir. Um, so in this BU, um, I my role is uh, heading product management. Uh, I also head systems engineering uh, for 4G and 5G products. The products in this BU are um, designed for uh, packet core for LTE uh, and uh, also for 5G, uh, IoT, mobile edge computing, um, cloud native, and enterprise solutions. So it's a comprehensive um, portfolio of products. So the industry is very focused on 5G network transformation and driving capability from core to edge. Um, what are the differences in terms of the attributes that network infrastructure needs to um, be designed for um, for the 5G era, and how does that relate to the product decisions that you've made at Mavenir? So that's a very that's a very good question. Uh, in the in the telecom world, um, it, especially with 5G, the network, as you mentioned, is transforming into something new. What that is is uh, going from uh, physical network to 
virtual, but beyond that, now it's cloud native. Uh, going into that uh, paradigm for telecom is uh, something new. Um, so key components in the infrastructure that we are working on to make sure that um, the components that are coming from the, say, the open source uh, community uh, are tel telco grade. Um, and for example, in terms of jitter and latency, how we can control it, how we can uh, take the mapping of uh, functions defined by TGPP, uh, which is what we implement, uh, and how do you correlate that to the open source components and how the open source components um, are platforms um, run and send um, uh, uh, telemetry data or KPIs that we can uh, combine together. Um, from edge perspective, how we can reduce latency uh, in terms of the packet processing as well as uh, signaling plane, um, and how we can offload traffic to the to some edge processors where we can uh, implement functions at the edge um, for different 5G use cases. On top of it, uh, it's a full stack offering where it's not just sending, uh, selling the solutions or building the solutions and, and deploying it, how those can be managed, uh, uh, configured, and uh, deployed, um, how we can do uh, collection of data and automation. Uh, those aspects are also very important. So we are looking into um, this this um, network building for 5G core in a, in a very comprehensive way from um, all the way to the hardware to uh, orchestration and device management. When you look at the core network, I think this is where operators have invested first in terms of this 5G infrastructure transformation. What are the key attributes of, of platforms that are going into the core and how have you addressed that in terms of um, the hardware that you've assembled? Um, also, how have you worked with Intel in delivering that core capability? Great, and that's where um, our work with Intel is uh, really uh, cutting edge. So, uh, for example, for from core network perspective, as you said, um, that traffic or data volume is uh, going uh, through the roof uh, from LTE to 5G transformation. Um, so how do you move bytes and packets through the core network from the user plane perspective in the most efficient way? In the, from that, uh, let me spend some time talking about the work that you're doing with Intel. So um, the packets are being processed in the packet core. Um, they're getting uh, from the RAN in the uplink and going to the packet core, uh, uh, big gateway UPF functions. Um, but processing everything in the, in the software is uh, quite costly. So uh, taking advantage of the innovation that Intel is bringing uh, from the hardware perspective, not only from Xeon, but also APGA and the NIC cards, uh, we are taking advantage of all of those. Uh, for example, um, using the programmable exploration uh, card that Intel has using APGA, uh, we are implementing how to do load balancing uh, for, for packets coming in and out of the UPF so that we can burn less number of uh, cores and an increased throughput. Um, how we do, um, so that, that can be done with using either DDP or RSS, uh, that uh, um, techniques that Intel um, has implemented. Uh, for example, making the, the, the queues that they're in the, in the hardware queues more application aware is also very important because on the same, uh, same path, you're getting uh, traffic for 
control plane and the user plane and different applications. Um, and then how do you make use that uh, that can be properly managed uh, with uh, efficiency that we can derive? So that uh, you know part of the uh, application device acceleration queues that we are implementing ADQ, uh, and um, so these are some of the techniques that we have implemented with Intel uh, for hardware to software optimization perspective. Uh, then also when we are talking about um, workload placement, for example, the UPF as a function, uh, use of SIOV or DPDK is very important. Um, and in, in case of Kubernetes, where we are implementing our 5G core functions, um, you know, placement of uh, an, an UPF in, in a pod should also have the knowledge of what kind of hardware that pod is running. Uh, using Intel's uh, EPA-based techniques, uh, using NFT, for example, we are um, trying to figure out which pod has the right uh, SRV um, plugin uh, that's also doubled by Intel, and we are using that um, to place that UPF function in the right pod. Um, so those are the things that uh, we are implementing, uh, working with Intel. Uh, without all this... Uh, collaboration that we are having with Intel. It will not be possible for us to implement a 5G core that is deployable and provides the, um, the you know, benefits that it uh, promises. When you look at um, the edge, you've got a, a different um, technical challenge, different opportunity to deliver uh, unique innovation for, you know, mobile networks and OTT providers. How have you targeted this area and what is the difference in terms of the type of technology that you're deploying? For the edge, I think the most important um, aspect is how, how the, so when, when people say edge, it's not always outdoor. It um, could be edge uh, in terms of a uh, network deployment where the, the edge device is actually indoors somewhere. So not uh, not by default we don't talk about um, an atom class of um, processors, but say Cascade Lake uh, class of processors should be fine. But more integration is is important at the edge. Um, so edge is coming up in most of the uh, deployments out there for 4G and 5G. But how to manage that device? How to scale it up or down? Uh, mostly scale it up. Uh, how do you integrate more functions? Um, those are the important facts uh, that we have to factor in to de deploy edge uh, mobile computing functions. So uh, from standards perspective, yeah, we are following it, see Mac, uh, but at the same time, we're also looking at how we can implement it without having all the all the overhead of what needs to be done done from the orchestration perspective. Uh, so using the concept of LADN uh, as defined by CGPP and uh, using uh, uplink classifier in the UPS, uh, we are offloading traffic to the edge, uh, local cloud, uh, di distributed cloud, where a number of applications are running. Uh, from the edge device hardware perspective, all, all, I, all the things that I just mentioned about uh, acceleration using hardware exist. But there are other uh, aspects as well that we are integrating. For example, um, uh, all the edge functions 
to to provide um, low, low latency processing uh, and local processing of packets. Uh, we need to have additional functionality, either FPGA or GPU. Uh, so we're integrating those uh, on the Edge platform as well for uh, for a much more uh, hardware-rich platform where you can run multiple workloads, not only uh, 5G core perspective, but also application perspective. So the Edge functionality and the Edge platform is a multi-hardware, uh, very integrated device that can be managed remotely, but can scale up and down um, in, a, in a more scalable way. Now, I know that you've worked on these solutions that you're delivering in market with the Intel team. What does that collaboration comprise of, and, and why is this important um, in delivery of differentiated solutions in the marketplace? It's hugely important because we don't want software. So when you're, we are a purely software company, but working with Intel, we get the value of understanding the hardware and how do we optimize our software to run on that hardware. For example, using the, the VTune tool, um, we are optimizing the software, so seeing where the bottlenecks are. Uh, without that kind of collaboration, we'll not be able to find uh, and, and, and develop products that uh, you know, will run on the target hardware in the most efficient way. So that's just one example. We're working not only from the FPGA and acceleration of the data path perspective, but overall software architecture, how you write the software, how you optimize it, how we troubleshoot and find problems in, in different areas. So the, the the collaboration with Intel is total from uh, all aspects of the stack. Um, that's just the core side of it. In the RAND side, we are working very closely with um, Intel, implementing the the 5G RAND, um, not only 5G RAND, but also LT RAND, uh, we're using Intel's FlexRAN architecture. Uh, so we are a very big, big proponent of Open RAND, where um, most of the layer one, layer two, and layer three functionality in the RAND runs on the Intel hardware, uh, open um, COPS hardware that's mostly Intel. And uh, there, the collaboration is very strong where we working with Intel uh, at, the, at the very low level code optimization on the target hardware. What is next um, for the industry in terms of uh, solution deployment and how has the the um, customer base responded to the solutions you're delivering? Interesting. So uh, customer base is um, very interested in what we are doing. We are uh, a challenger in the market from RAN and the core perspective. And we are, we are receiving very positive uh, feedback from all the operators that we are engaging with because we are bringing something new and we don't have the legacy to protect. So we are um, we can really uh, push the envelope to the maximum. Um, operators are evaluating uh, mostly how they will migrate. They'd like to go to what we are showing and promising that this architecture transformation can provide to them. But they're taking some of them are taking very cautious approach. Some the greenfield ones can be more aggressive, and they are aggressive. So uh, the big operators that are uh, traditional telcos realize that they have to change, but change is scary for them. So it's a, it's a mixed reaction when it comes to actual deployment. But engagement-wise and actually getting uh, proof of concept up and running, validating different ideas and uh, you know uh, technologies that you're bringing to the table are all happening 
across. While I feel that the operators, um, since they are still risk averse, they have to balance it between taking a risk and introducing something new that will be the foundation for their uh, next generation of uh, architecture and business. Um, that balance is difficult for some of the operators. Some of the operators are actually taking the bold step. What, um, but what I strongly feel that the operators who are not taking the bold step yet to try something new, they should realize that introduction of um, you know, something like 5G core or cloud-native architecture won't have to be at the cost of de destabilizing their existing network. Because 5G core, because it brings so many other use cases, so many slices that can be implemented independent of their consumer-facing um, business, that um, they can actually try uh, the new way of run, running network uh, while um, also improving and, and giving their workforce the visibility of how they can run and do their job in a much more efficient way. Uh, so that uh, in that um, education and, and, and push towards making that happen is something I, I really would like to see in the, in the market more from all the ecosystem players, including Intel and Mavenir. I only have one more question for you. Where can folks find out more information about the solutions you're delivering in market and engage with your team? Yeah, absolutely. So um, people who are interested you can go to www.mavenir.com or um, contact me directly at Kuntal, K-U-N-T-A-L, dot Chowdhury, C-H-O-W-D-H-U-R-Y, at mavenir.com, and uh, we'll take it from there. Well, thank you so much for being on the program today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>